0: This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as F.A. F.A. is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one F.A. member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent F.A. as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about F.A., we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the F.A. program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. This meeting is being sponsored by the F.A. General Service Office Literature Committee for the distinct purpose of creating tapes for the tape library. Please join me in a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, God, grant grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It is just an honor, privilege to be sharing my story on a tape and uh, at the conference at that. Um, I got abstinent from these tapes. I, I just know how much it meant, has meant to my recovery. So um, I'm very grateful to be passing on you know, just my story um, the way so many did for me. Um, the thing that I remember about tapes when I first came into program was um, the thing that I heard, you know, you hear a lot of things, the things I really heard was um, everyone said that this is a disease of fear, doubt, and insecurity, and everyone talked about working the steps in an AWOL. Um, I didn't know that, uh, I always just thought that I had a weight problem. So calling this something else totally different, you know, a, a disease, a fear, doubt, and insecurity, just seemed like, you know, I, I had some issues, but I didn't necessarily think that I had something that sounded just so severe, It just affected so many areas of my life, and I have come to see it, things very, very differently. Um, and I have worked um, a couple A-walls. In their entirety, and uh, so I understand it now. So, I guess I'll get more into that. But let me give you my my numbers. Um, I've I've been abstinent in fa for about six and a half years. Um, just in a couple of days, so it'll be six and a half years. Um, my top weight was 200 pounds. I'm about about 25 now, and I've I've been you know 125 more or less a couple pounds for. You know, since I reached my maintenance weight, almost probably almost six years ago. Um, I'm 32, so I did come into FA when I was 24 years old, and uh, took me about a year to get abstinent and uh, shed my former uh, ways of trying to keep my weight off, and you know, as as we all have many of them. So. Um, I'm very grateful. I, I think it was, um, it's just a gift. I feel like my abstinence is just precious. I, I'm grateful for it in, in the way that um, I can't believe it's mine sometimes, you know, and, I, and I, I hope everyone feels that way that we have this amazing gift that was passed on, and I'm just so grateful for it. Um, I started my first dieting when I was uh, six years old. My parents were both uh, overweight. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up in Santa Monica, and the uh, exercise craze was starting probably you know late '70s. And um, my dad went on the Scarsdale diet, and I remember doing sort of a modified version of that with him when I was six years old. And um, I remember that breakfast and uh, and I, I had somewhat of what he you know, ate for dinner and I think I went off to school and, and did what I did but I lost weight and I started playing soccer and softball when I was seven and my weight came off and you know, at a young age and I had a weight loss where people commented and told me I looked better and I knew that that was good and I knew, I knew, I knew from a young age that that was temporary and I loved food, I have always um, from my earliest memories, my relationship with food was a, a top priority in my life. And so, um, gaining weight as I grew up, and you know, having just shame about wearing like the larger size uniforms and all the girls on my teams, and and looking at my school pictures and seeing my big gut, and and just you know knowing that I was. You know, the chubby one, the heavier one, and getting teased about it and just not handling that stuff well at all. Um, one of the things that did happen to me when I was young, that my, I, I, just, uh, was, I was living in New York for five and a half years and I just moved back to Los Angeles about nine months ago. And so I've been talking with my, where my family lives, talking with them a lot about well, a lot of things. And my mom shared with me something recently that I'd forgotten about, that when I was four years old, I went to a a summer school program through UCLA. And it was for preschool. And actually, it was an elementary school, but through UCLA. And all these kids had known each other for a couple years from when they first started, I guess, at maybe three years old. She said she sent me off to this school my first day. I came home blinking, 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 blinking hard and rapidly, and she did not understand what was happening with me, and um, she said that I, I came home, and I said, all these kids know each other, and they all know so much, and they're so smart, and, um, and she said that the way that they taught was sort of in these groupings, and she just said, she knew I was freaked out, but she didn't, she just thought like, eh, she'll be fine, she'll be fine, and She'll get it. It's, a diff- it's different than her, how her, her preschool was, and um, she thought that the blinking had to do with an allergy of some sort, and there something in the air at the school, maybe. She, she couldn't pin it down. She told me years later, my blinking progressed, and uh, it was something that people commented on pretty much all through elementary school. And uh, when my parents got divorced when I was 10, it intensified. and. Uh, when I was tired, um, you know, it was, it was more prominent. And in any case, we were just talking about it and I said, I was freaked out. I went to that school and I just, and she said, you were freaked out, you know? And I said, that was f- fear doubt and insecurity. Like they wanted this school and she said, and I, and I know that is when I started to gain weight as a young person, you know, my disease was there, ripe waiting and uh, I see how my food was a drug for me. It soothed me. It calmed me down when I felt nervous and anxious and less than. And you know, I see how I used it, and um, it satisfied something in me. Allowed me to check out. It it made noise in my head when I was chewing. Um, it gave me a purpose. You know, I can do something really well, and and. You know, I was go to the kitchen, and I learned how to make things. And um, I come from a family of eaters, so I got to be good at it. I got to be good at something. And my family was very loving, very supportive, encouraging. Um, and uh, my brother was very smart. From kindergarten through fourth grade, they wanted to skip him a grade, and I just compared myself. You know, that stuff started for me young. Comparing myself to other people and just feeling inadequate about a lot of things, so in many ways, I had just a fun childhood. I loved my sports it didn't require me to um, it required me to think and to, and to you know but I loved the physical aspect of it. I was heavy um, when I was young, and I used that in my athletics and um, by the time I was in high school and I was playing very competitive sports. I was the catcher. I was the goalkeeper. I used my weight and um, I got praise from my coaches for it. And I did, I did go on a Nutrisystem when I was in 11th grade and I was about 170 pounds. And I came back my senior year, day one, and I was like 132. And I was in this, you know, outfit with this, you know, Looked like I was like a professional volleyball player. Like I mean, I was just I was in my glory. I had just lost all this weight, and my soccer coach said I did this for the team, and I was like, like yeah. <laughs> but you know, I you know I wanted that starting position, and I, I was more agile. And um, by the end of my senior year, I had gone from 132 to 155, and you know, it's progressive disease and up and up. So, um, I moved to Santa Barbara. I had two years of very scary living. um, And a lot of fun, you know. I mean, this disease is very sneaky that way. I'll have a great time and I don't know when to say when. Um, I abused alcohol. I was uh, more promiscuous than I would have ever cared to have been. Um, I'm very grateful that I'm healthy as I am based on that, and some um, bad situations that I was in um, from alcohol as well. Um, I was arrested for shoplifting, but it wasn't my fault. It was my roommates, don't you know? I was just with them. (laughs) And uh, it just happened to have been in my bag. And uh, I just, it was two years of um, really hard living. And uh, not only was I spending money that I was supposed to be living on much faster than I needed to. I, I even had roommates paying me for the phone bill and, and spending it to live because I didn't have money. So, and the shame and just thinking like, oh, people must know. And I, I, got, I grew more and more paranoid, and I just grew, <laughs> you know. I was just afraid. I, I was also supposed to be going to school at the time. and. Um, just want to say, I finally did graduate from college uh, when I was 29 in New York, but I've gone through five majors and four schools, and um, only in abstinence did I finally get to graduate, Um, so I'll get to that, but I just, uh, I went running back to L.A., and um, after my two years in Santa Barbara, and I I made the vow, I am going to, Lose weight. I started going to a therapist. Um, I also started working in restaurants at the time, I should mention. <laughs> um, good hours, you know, cash. I was good at it. Um, but I, I made, you know, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get my finances together. I'm going to get back on track with so many of my friends that I had, um, you know, broken relationships with. I'm going to patch things up with family members. And I'm going to, you know, stop drinking. Um, and I'm going to get a boyfriend, you know. So I started working at this restaurant and I started dating this guy that I worked with who was a compulsive liar Um, and I I dated him for about a year and a half and um, we ate together and uh, went to a lot of movies and ate together and I paid for everything for us. Um, And uh, it was a very sick, sick relationship. I guess I was about 21 years old at the time. I know my family was very worried about me. Um, I was, I, ha- I had no direction. I mean, I had gone, I guess at this point I was at my second school I was, and-, and my whole pattern was I started, you know, I was like 15 credits and I ended up with six. And um, I did find um, another program for food. My dad had been going to some meetings in Santa Monica he actually only went for about three months, but I'm grateful to him, and I'm grateful to the people who told him about it and the, told them about it, because it got me to a 12-step meeting. and I was in this other program for about three years, and it gave me a sense of the steps, and it gave me um, some hope. Um, I should also mention I did Jenny Craig twice. I did Slim Fast. I did Herbal Life. Um, and I never saw myself as like an exercise addict, but I think it's because I felt like I was an athlete. I had a certain right to exercise a lot. Um, so things were a big mess. Um, but I did get into recovery, and um, I just started to look at myself. And I always saw myself as a very open-minded person, and so of course it was shocking to me that I might be, you know, and that I don't want to do something. So you know I took my all of my zest that I had some weight loss and I moved to San Francisco and um, I lived there for three years I kept working in restaurants um, even though I was in recovery for food and uh, I started working in really big restaurants for famous chefs and getting a lot of prestige and status for what I did and and I was um, I like the recognition um I lived with a bunch of sober people in San Francisco for a few years, and and loved that. And um, my second summer there, I decided that I, San Francisco was too cold in the summer for me, so I went to Martha's Vineyard for the summer, and had a great. It's like a lot of my life. It was great, and then it got bad, and then it got worse, and then it was awful. And by the end of my summer in Martha's Vineyard. My, my boyfriend at the time came out to visit me he was sober he didn't tell me he had started smoking again I didn't tell him that I was eating again by the time we broke up that fall he ended up drink, going out and drinking and I gained you know by the end of the summer I, you know I was between the New York the vineyard and then back to San Francisco again I gained about um, 15 or maybe 20 pounds I'm not sure in about 6 weeks and in all three of those places, I was going in and out of stores and cafes and ordering twos and threes of things like they were for other people. Like, I couldn't believe I was back doing this again. Worse than ever. And, um, and it was awful. And, but, for the grace of God, I met a woman at a place in San Francisco, that the Meeting Clubhouse. And she told her story about food. And she... Um, she shared everything that, that we do, and she talked about, she just had so much peace around her food. You know, food, She was not run by food, and I'm sitting there, like, bulging out of the last outfit that I can fit into, and, and thinking, and possibly, by the end of it, I mean, I'm grateful I kept going to meetings. By the end of it, I was going to get food, and then, I was going on eating Italian food, and then coming to meetings, and the shame of sitting there, knowing that you know this was what I was eating, and just in my disease, um, she had peace around her food. She talked about using the Big Book, you know, as as a tool. Um, she talked about quiet time. She talked about you know fellowship, like true fellowship. I had no idea what she was talking about. I just saw something in her. I saw that light, and I ran. I chased. She had to leave early. She hadn't even moved to San Francisco yet. She was going to meet someone to look at an apartment. I chased her out the door. I said, "I am desperate. I cannot stop eating. I can't leave my house because I'm going out into, into the Castro and eating everything in every store. I can't stay home. I'm eating my roommate's food. I'm charging the, I, 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 money that is not mine I'm you know it's, and, um, so I thought that I was at my like absolute humble, teachable breaking point. It still took me a year to to solidify you know, an abstinence, um, and, and then she said, I don't quite do what you've been doing. I do this other thing, which is the thing that attracted me to her. You know, she did F.A. And then we had to go down to Cupertino, which for those of you who don't know, is definitely an hour from San Francisco, um, depending on the traffic, and, and those drives are when I started listening to F.A. tapes, and I didn't even want to go and in spite of myself and in spite of my attitude, I started to transform and I started to get open. And I'm very grateful to those meetings. Um, There was definitely probably close to 20 people who were just, I had never seen so many hands up. Everyone was up front. My first meeting, I got there five minutes late. Nobody came in after me. And there was just an enthusiasm. People were hungry for something else besides food and I just, you know, I wanted what they had. Um, I moved to New York uh, about, uh, let's see, just a little over six years ago. Um, I did not have a year of abstinence when I moved, I should say, but um, my sponsor suggested I don't go, suggested I don't go. (laughs) I tried every way possible and at the very last minute she threw me an F.A. going away party that meant more to me. Um, even though I saw how willful I was, I see it today, very willful, it was very important for me to feel like I was still getting the support of my local fellowship as I was off onto this journey in my life. And I got It was almost like I would send up a flare. I'd talk to someone and say like, I need help, I need some call, and I got phone calls, I got postcards, I moved to Brooklyn, with my ex-boyfriend, and, um, and I'm very grateful I got out of that relationship without eating. I, I, should, I should really mention that the year in F.A. that I didn't stay abstinent, I was dating, I was dating these chefs that I worked with. Um, I was not, um, I wasn't working a program. And I also should say that my sponsor, in, when I was in San Francisco, was all over me about the tools. And it was pretty much a daily thing on the phone where she would say, have you made your calls? Did you read your 24 hour day book? Did you, how's your quiet time going? And I got so fed up with her asking me. And you know, we drove down to Cupertino together and we get in the car and she like, read the 24 hours a day book. And, and uh, you know, it was like, that was our discussion. And, and I, I just felt like I have had it with this woman. And yet, like, I wanted what she had. I just didn't want to do what everyone else was doing to get the results. And I was it was like, eventually, I got so pissed off. I was like, I'll show her. And she called me, and I just was like, I'm doing everything. I'll show her. I mean, you know, I, I get to be, you know, the winner. And, and as, as, you know, I don't know why I thought she was against me. You know, my sponsor's on my side. My sponsor's on my team. Um, I was my opponent you know um so when she called you know when I called her yes I did my present yes I called people yes I got to my meetings on time yes I read something yes I sat in the front row da 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 I've been abstinent ever since <laughs> you know <laughs> it's been six and a half years and um I finally embraced this program and stopped fighting it and stopped fighting my disease and um I just surrendered, you know. Uh, I I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I moved to the East Coast and I um, found a wonderful sponsor in my time zone, who I've been with the same sponsor for a little over six years. And I love our relationship. Um, I love having a healthy relationship with someone for that long. (laughs) Um, And uh, I I got the privilege of starting meetings in New York. And being one of the people that got to, you know, sit there with a, you know, a boombox, staring at it, you know, <laughs> like it was gonna do something. <laughs> for those of you who know what I mean, um, and I just, you know, I'm grateful to my New York fellowship. I, I um, you know, everything that happened to me in New York, you know, it's, it's a large part of my my story because I, I lived there for so long. Um, I changed jobs after I moved out from my ex-boyfriend, got a new place to live. It took about six weeks to find a new place and I just felt like God was with me. I would walk out of my house every day and go to work and know that I needed a place to live and I knew that the most important thing I could do each day was stay abstinent. And I would go, okay God, what are we doing today? as well as the fact that, like, God's, like, what, I feel like it's, like, one of God's big, like, ha with me. I would always walk out of my house, and i get this sensation that I forgot to, like, put on my, pa- my pants or, like, a shirt. I feel like I'd, it took me so long to get used to not being heavy. I, I felt I didn't know how to, like, it was the strangest sensation for me. You know, like, when I hug somebody, and I'm hugging them. Like, we are right there. And uh, so once I realized that I was fully dressed, and that, um, you know, I just, you know, when I think about going to my uh, apartment hunt and didn't get it, didn't get it. And everyone just kept telling me, you know, rejection is God's protection. You know, when I needed to get a new job, I got that same slogan a lot. And I just, I never got down about it. I just felt like if God is with me. People are reminding me God is with me. And um, I'm going to come out. You know in god 's will, you know because I could pray for like I really want this apartment, and then I learned that I would tack on to the end of that well if it 's your will god and then it was like i wouldn 't set myself up for disappointment and you know an expectation that wasn 't that wasn 't meant to be, so uh, just a couple of things I like to share about. Um, in, uh, I, went, I did go back to school. I had an amazing school experience. I went to Hunter College in New York for two years, full-time, I was working a job, half-time. My job let me go to half-time and keep my benefits. It was like, it, you know, it just, of course, reaffirmed that I was supposed to be going to school, I, I think, and, and all of these decisions that I've made, really since I've been abstinent, for at least, for at least probably starting after about my first year, were slow, thoughtful decisions, you know. I got to really like, do I want to go to school? Hmm. Talk to people about it, talk to other people in recovery, um, you know, talk to the school. I, I was supposed to go to one school, I ended up going to another. It was just a slow process. It's just how it worked out. I did so well at school. Like, the girl who thought she was stupid, the girl who, you know, just felt less than. I went to school the way, I, I learned to live in these rooms so I'm able to live out of these rooms. I came to class prepared. I sat up front. I raised my hand. I got phone numbers. You know, the teachers knew me. I loved it. It was, it was so exciting. And there are many a days when I'm on the subway, you know, going back to Brooklyn, schlepping my Tupperware, you know, for one or two meals, and, you know, and uh, just, like, filled with tears of joy and gratitude. That I'm not like the stupid fat girl that I saw myself as. Um, I graduated uh, in June in my this that year, and my whole family came out from L.A. and my brother came out, and it was like amazing. I graduated in Central Park, and it was just a high, you know, getting through. Getting to the first semester of school, I have to say, was probably the most difficult, and I just learned that like I don't have to be perfect at it, but um, I, didn't, I never saw myself as a perfectionist, but um, getting through finals without eating, you know, all of that stuff, and, and going to a school where it's predominantly, like, you know, 18 and 19-year-old little, like, stick figure women, and just going, like, I love my body. I, I feel comfortable. I don't have to com- compare myself to everyone around me anymore. Um, but I got to graduate. It was awesome. A month later, that July... My uh, grandmother passed away, I was very close with, um, it was very sudden, and I flew back to L.A., and I was with my family, and I, I was there for them. I passed on her slogans to my dad, who is one of us, and uh, it really helped him. And, uh, and I got a lot of support from the L.A. fellowship when I was visiting. And I called people all over the country who said, Oh, yep, she lost someone recently. Oh, yep. You could. And I, people just shared their experience with me about, like, how to get through grieving. Um, a month later, that August, my boyfriend proposed. So then it was like, yay! <laughs> Better, you know, sad that Grandma missed that, I knew she was watching and with us. And um, that was, like, very exciting. So I had this, you know... Up, down, up, and then 9/11 happened, and that September, and uh, which you know was the most devastating of all. I, I I'm sure, my husband and I both. Um, we lived right across from Lower Manhattan in Brooklyn Heights, and heard the second plane hit, and ran outside, and were half a block from the promenade, and you know watched the towers on fire, and watched the first one collapse, and you know it was very traumatic we after after the first one fell he said to me i wish we hadn't seen that i I didn't realize how powerful the imagery would be we both had nightmares we both woke up screaming uh, one of us or both of us for the next two weeks Um, one of my sponsees was stuck on a subway underground you know walked across the brooklyn bridge with like soot in her hair and you know i mean you know someone in our fellowship who's here at the conference, lost a cousin, you know, who's a friend of mine, and um, it, you know, it was was horrifying, and, uh, you know, it was amazing because my sponsee's husband came over, who's this big, you know, Irish Brooklynite, you know, who's just sobbing as his wife walks in the door, and we watched the news for a bit, and we um, all hugged and sat together, and about 12.30 we sat down and weighed and measured our lunch because we needed to have our abstinent lunch and you know life had to go on so um, I am just grateful I have a really amazing life um, I feel like I've gotten to different levels of like right at about two years of abstinence I remember saying at meetings I'm a grateful food addict like, I wouldn't have this amazing life if I wasn't here in F.A., a food addict, the thing that like, I swore I'd never wanted to be and have and have to do. And um, all of my change of attitude finally just made me grateful that I don't have to do anything. I get to. I get to have this life. I get to go to meetings. I get to do service. And, um, you know, in the best of times and in the worst of times, I continue to do service. And it's continued to just save me and be there for me. Um, After a long period of quiet time and, uh, you know, do I want to move? Do I want to move? I I finally decided that I wanted to move back to Los Angeles to be with my family. I happen to have married someone who likes Los Angeles, (laughs) a New Yorker who likes LA. Um, And we just moved back last year. And it's, I'm grateful for that slow decision. I, I actually took it to quiet time for a long time, and at one point I got, to my, I got the message. I'm not one of these people that like gets messages, but like, I got a message. You know, just plant yourself for now. And I think I stayed in New York for a full, another AWOL. And um, what happened in that period of time, and I don't know exactly when, and I don't know exactly where, but my obsession with food <coughs> decreased a lot. I didn't even know I was obsessed with food. When people talked about the food obsession, I thought it was like this thing that other people had. And when I got abstinent, probably after about 6 months, I like to share that I had all this like extra room in my head. I wasn't I, it's like I was so sick. I didn't know I was sick. Like I was and I was so obsessed. I didn't know I was I was obsessed until I wasn't so obsessed anymore, and um, I feel like that's why I've gotten to do all this amazing stuff in my recovery because I have all this more more space in my head, okay. you know, to think and to learn and to travel and to love. And um, um, my husband and I have opened a business um, that was really hard, and we continue to work together uh, professionally. And a lot of challenges there. Um, he is um brilliant in so many ways, and as a lot of alcoholics are, yet he can be the director um, and uh and it is it's been a stretch for me, and I don't have the same background he does, so I've learned more about art, architecture design real estate um like this whole slew of things that I, I actually never thought that I cared to learn about and it has just stretched me it's been a lot of discomfort it's been a lot of um, you know phone calls to talk about how I'm not feeling good about myself I don't know enough about what I'm talking about and um, people just keep kept encouraging me to show up keep weighing and measuring my food keep showing up you know keep talking to God and uh, and I just feel you know a word I heard here a couple of years ago at the conference that I just love is I just I feel like I have so much more neutrality around food. you know I don't feel like it is the most important thing anymore. you know my recovery is and and I get to really show up for my family and myself. Um, I'm doing some really cool stuff in my own life right now. Um, this training that I'm doing um, with my using my body that is like cool so anyways. Um, I've gotten to go to Europe a few times, travel abstinently, it's been amazing, I had an abstinent wedding. Um, not just did I have an abstinent wedding, I had an abstinent wedding prep and post-wedding, <laughs> which people told me that two weeks after my wedding my mom said, you might have a little bit of lull after your wedding, like the whole like, woo, was over. and." It was like back to life like there was no more me and like a white dress and you know it was all about me and um that was hard and i've had a lot of fear doubt, and insecurity about being a wife um i feel like i was a good girlfriend but a wife was like a whole other level of commitment and um i love it and it scared me so um i just keep on measuring my food and just going to meetings and you know I mean it's just an amazing life so I do what everyone else does and I was taught to do um and still works you know all the things I shared about that um you know including a lot of service um you know getting on my knees each day I, I feel like it's very important for me to each day get up in the morning I say please and I say thank you You know, I thank God for allowing me to wake up abstinently. Um, That I'm not full when I wake up, which was often. How I I woke up, I felt creaky in my joints, and it's nice to wake up and just sort of touch my body. You know, and I do feel like my body is on loan. You know, that I have it for today. You know, it's I've had this daily reprieve from my disease for, you know, six and a half years, a day at a time, and um, and I always like to say thank you to God, you know, thank you in advance, <sighs> and thank you for my life, and um, anyways, and so uh, thank you for letting me share my story today. Thank you. For those who wish, please join me in the serenity path. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.